Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 6, and we hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. to the word tonight revelation chapter 22 uh, we're going to pick it up with verse 6 revelation 22 and verse 6 and he said unto me these sayings are faithful and true now seeing how this phrase is used in the last chapter the book of revelation uh, this could be said for the entirety of the word of god but more particularly uh, as pertaining to that which we've been studying for the past couple of weeks. Uh, the new heavens and the new earth, the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. Uh, the description that John gives us of this place um, is the place that the Lord has prepared for those of us that love him. And it's a city that's 1,500 miles square, 1,500 miles high. The walls of the city are 216 feet high with three gates on each side, um, and those gates are made of pearl. John said in verse 1 of the 22nd chapter there, he saw a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. He saw this river flowing right down the middle of that street of gold. It's such beauty, you and I, we can't even imagine a place of such beauty as John describes here in these two chapters. And he talks about the glory of God being so bright that it outshines the sun. There'll be no uh, night there. And we're being reassured here in verse 6 that these sayings are faithful and true. And uh, in Revelation 19 and verse 11, uh, that's also one of the names that's been given to Christ, uh, which means that Christ uh, guarantees all of this. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel. And now, when we first started in the book of Revelation, um, we looked at the word angel. The Greek word there for angel is agalos, and it simply means messenger. Uh, it could be an angel, it could be a man, it could be anybody. Uh, but as we look down in verse 9, we see that it's actually a person, a prophet, one of the Old Testament prophets that is speaking to John. And uh, we're going to look at that here in just a few minutes. And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. 
And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Now, the Lord has gone to a lot of trouble to uh, show us these things, and he wants us to know. He wants us to be reassured that these things are faithful and true. And although uh, we can't see them now, these things will shortly come to pass. As a matter of fact, the fulfillment of these things began back in John's day um, when the Lord dealt with the seven churches there in Asia Minor. Minor. Uh, uh, they had problems. All churches have problems. But he dealt with seven particular churches that had problems. And when he addressed those churches, he laid out the history of the church. We can see that now uh, as we look back in church history. Uh, where we're at right now as it pertains to the book of Revelation, we are in the second and third chapter of the book of Revelation as it deals with the churches, the church age. We're waiting for Revelation 4 and verse 1. And that's where the rapture of the church takes place. And then sometime after the rapture, the Antichrist will come on the scene. And once the Antichrist is revealed, the great tribulation period will begin at that time. So some of these things are already taking place, but only those who are reading and studying it are going to be blessed by it. That's why Jesus said there in verse 7, Revelation 22, verse 7, Behold, I come quickly. Now, when the Lord uttered these words, it was some 1,900 years ago. So it's not speaking of a particular time frame. It's speaking of the manner in which the Lord is going to come. The rapture of the church. It's going to be in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, in a split second. Millions of people are going to instantly disappear all over this world. So uh, you have to be ready. And it pays to be ready. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he who keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. When the book of Revelation first opened up, we have the promise of a blessing, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3. And now here in the closing chapter of the book of Revelation, we have this same promise of being blessed. Uh, it's given again. Now, we've been studying the book of Revelation now for two years, and I hope that it's been as much a blessing to you as it has been to me. And we've covered... Every verse, verse by verse, and I've studied behind different ones, and I've got some of my own thoughts interjected in there, a little pierced theology, and there's no way you can exhaust it, okay? So if we were to start all over again in January, um, you would still be learning some things about it, and I would still be learning some things about it, and uh, it would still be a blessing, so uh, at any rate, verse 8, Revelation 22, verse 8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. There's no more credible witness than one that has personally seen and heard 
um, as it pertains to any situation. And John personally saw it and heard it, and he's done his best to give us an account of what he saw and heard. And I, John, saw these things and heard them, and when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of the book, worship God. Now, the one speaking to John here, like we said a few minutes ago, is one of the Old Testament prophets. Uh, we don't know who this prophet is. The Bible does not say. But John worships this man. Now, obviously, John knows better than to worship a man. So how in the world can he make this mistake? If you'll flip over to 1 John chapter 3. In verse 2, I'll show you why I think John was able to make this mistake. 1 John 3 and verse 2. Behold, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. I think the prophet that was showing John all of this was in his glorified state. And he looked so much like the Lord Jesus Christ, John just made an honest mistake. He really thought that it was the Lord speaking to him. And what all he was being shown the awe of it. He, I don't think he knew how to act. <laughs> really, when you get right now, how would you act? There's several other things I want to point out here. Uh, the man that is speaking to John is showing him these things, and he has a vast knowledge and understanding, which tells us that our education, once we get to heaven, is going to be greatly enhanced. We look through a glass darkly now, uh, but then we're going to understand things a whole lot better. The second thing I want to point out here in this verse tells us that there's no such thing as soul sleep. Now, there's some denominations that teach that. Once you die, your soul goes to sleep and stays there in the grave and whatever the case. But the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And whoever this prophet was, uh, when he died, he went to be with the Lord. And John sees him here in heaven. Um, he's, he's conscious, and he's working, which brings me through to the third point that I want to bring out here. When you get to heaven, you're not just going to sit down on a pew for all eternity. The Lord's going to have something for you to do. And the Lord gave this prophet a job, and that job was to show John these things. Now, what will the Lord have us doing? I don't know. We'll just have to get there and find out. All right, verse 10, Revelation 22, verse 10. And he said unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, 
for the time is at hand. If you will, flip over to Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. The Lord gave to Daniel a number of things as it pertains uh, to the last days. Daniel 12, verse 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. We're living in that day now. The Lord revealed to Daniel that which he wanted him to know. There was a lot more that could have been said, but the Lord said, that's it. You don't need to know anymore. Seal up the book. Close it. More will be given a little bit later on. And it was given to John on the Isle of Patmos. And now John is giving it to us. And I guess you could say that John finished out the prophecy that was given to Daniel. Uh, when you get right down to it. But now it's complete. The prophecy that began with Daniel is now complete with John on the Isle of Patmos. And God told John to not seal it up because he wants us to know these things. These things are for us to know. The things that were revealed to Daniel, those things were for him to know. But what God didn't want him to know, he didn't say. But whatever God reveals in his word, that's what he wants us to know. And he told John to seal it not. For the time is at hand. Even as John was writing this, things were taking place then. The scriptures were being fulfilled at that time, and they are still being fulfilled today. As we're living in the church age, we're living in the Laodicean church age. Lukewarm, as we see, like was portrayed over the news here just last week. Christians going to a mosque and siding up with the, Mosle, with the Muslims saying that Allah and God is the same God. It's not the same God. My God sent his son into this world to die for our sins. My God doesn't tell you to put a bomb on your back and go in and blow up a bunch of people. That's, the, that's, that's one difference right there, but... There's only one way, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, not Allah. But anyway, let's look at verse 11, Revelation 22, verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to his works. In other words, what the Lord is saying here, I've told you what's going to happen. You can be... Filthy and unholy. 
or you can be righteous and holy. The choice is yours. But I'm coming. And when I come, you better be ready. Now, when the Lord says I come quickly, we normally think of that as being the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ. But this is also referring to death. I come quickly. You think, the Lord uttered these words 1,900 years ago. Millions of people have died since that time. And they died suddenly. They didn't know it was coming. If they died ungodly and filthy, they will remain in that state for eternity. If they died just and righteous, holy, then they will remain in that state for eternity. And when the Lord comes, he's going to reward every man according to his works. Those that are unjust, their reward will be the lake of fire. For those of us that are righteous and holy, our reward is going to be heaven. The Lord's going to come quickly. We don't know that day or the hour. Eternity is just a heartbeat away. So it pays to be ready. We don't know when the Lord's going to come as it pertains to death. Let's take a look at Revelation 22, verse 13. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Now, this phrase has been stated several times uh, in the book of Revelation. And Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet, Omega being the last. And basically what the Lord is saying here is, I'm God. I'm in the beginning. I am the ending. He is our Savior. He can also be our judge. The choice is up to us. We can accept Christ and His sacrifice on Calvary's cross and have His blood to wash us and cleanse us from all sin and have our names written down in the Lamb's book of life and be with Him forever. And He can be God our Savior. Or we can continue to live without God and not accept His great sacrifice. And stand before God and He will be our judge. So the choice is up to us. And uh, I thank God that I made the right choice a long time ago. And I hope and pray that you have as well. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.